This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. <laughs> Watch me explode. Good evening and welcome to day two of the Andrea K Show. It is Tuesday. It is primary Tuesday. It is super duper quadruple big Tuesday. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. I don't know. I'm almost kind of like punchy because it's just, it, tonight is huge. It feels really big for some reason. Thank you all for being here tonight and sharing this very big night with me here on the Andrea K Show. Coming to you from AM 1170 KCBQ Studios in San Diego. Sharing this time with me is always the most amazing family and friends that I have out there in social media, on Facebook and on Twitter, on Insta, just everywhere. People texting me throughout the show and I'm just excited as always to share this time with you and to share it with my guy DJ Carrot Sticks. Good evening. A little nod to the show. Um, I, I, you know, I call him DJ Carrot Sticks because he was calling me the donut pusher. Finally asked me after a while to stop bringing him donuts. And then I hear a crack from my guy, Al, who bless his heart. He listens to every show. He always emails me, gives me great wisdom. But he says he's sick and tired of seeing my donuts. Al, I got to have my donuts, especially on a night that's big like this. You got to let me have my vice. I don't know why tonight feels so big. It feels extraordinarily big for a primary night. And I got to thinking about that on the way here, that it almost felt in some ways like an election night. And I wasn't, so I got to pondering why it feels so big. And I think it's because there has been so much emotion behind this election, behind what it stands for, behind the emotional connection that people have to the stakes of this election, to the individual candidates themselves. And you hear from Trump, Trump supporters saying that the Cruz supporters are like cultish and, you know, too emotionally invested. And then you've got the Cruz supporters saying the same thing about Trump supporters. And I say there's some of that, a little too much of that on both sides, like in, in the way that we haven't seen since 2008. Okay, too much of an emotional investment investment in, in, in men. And when that happens, you get a little blinded to, to objectivity. But I get where people are, are, why people are so emotional and why this is so big to people. And it's because people feel like there is so much at stake and that if we don't win this election, we're dead. And you know what? 2012 felt that way to me. And in some ways, the reason why we're feeling like this now is because the GOP establishment and the Republican Party blew it in 2012. Could have won it, should have won it, didn't do it. Then the Tea Party gave them the House in 2010. Then the Tea Party, the Democrats, and the independents gave them the Senate in 2014. They turned around and did nothing, and here we are. I get the disappointment that the Cruz supporters feel tonight. I actually feel your pain. I feel, you know, been feeling the pain of the loss for this country since 2012. I get it. But we almost have already been completed the transformation after 2012 and we can't let that happen. I have been saying for a long time on this show, anybody but Hillary, we must unite. Tonight was a big night for surprises for me because I didn't think the cruise was going to drop out. 
and he was going to call for any kind of unity, although it's interesting. Surprise to me was that he didn't actually ask everybody to rally behind Trump. More surprising to me as a big night and a big night of surprises is I'm more surprised by the fact that more Republicans are surprised and shocked that Trump won as the presumptive nominee at this point. They're more shocked by that than they are the fact that we have a socialist that won Indiana tonight. We, we do have incredibly high stakes here. And I say the stakes are far higher if we, through temper tantrums or through whatever, we hand it as a party. We can win this. We can unite. But we need to unite as a party. I got a good friend of mine, Megan Barth, Ms. Reagan Baby, who's been on the show before and also been on America Trends, who's here to talk about all things tonight. Hey, Megan, welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Hey, Andrea, thanks for having me. It's a great night. Yeah. Um, were you surprised? First of all, I don't know if you heard uh, my open, but I don't know why it feels like a big night tonight. It feels bigger, really, than it should be. And I think it's because so many people have had such an emotional investment in the primary and in their individual candidates. Almost too much. Almost like, uh, you know, an Obama-like thing. Feeling is like putting too much stock into, into one individual to save everything. And, you know, I've been saying for a long time, you know, the real enemy we face is liberalism and it's Hillary. Right. Well, yeah, right. And and what what I and I completely feel, you know, it, it, it stinks to lose. I mean, let's just face it. No one likes to come in second. Second right. place is for losers. Right. Uh, but, you know, I got a little tip that he was going to drop out um, and I'm like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. What I was disappointed in, though, however, was that he didn't make a call for unity. He didn't um, congratulate the winner. I thought that his, um, you know, bow out speech, his final speech on his campaign lacked the class and tact uh, that I just, you know, expect from a candidate. If the Cruz campaign was really about uniting the country and defeating Hillary Clinton, I would hope that he would rally his uh, constitutional conservative base in order to do that, specifically within the never Trump crowd, their absolutism, I find stunningly myopic because I have not seen a movement against a leading GOP nominee ever. I did not see this movement when the house, when the Republicans in the house, the majority passed omnibus, which was $1.1 trillion of our money went, which went to fund a socialist agenda set forth by the Democrats. Right. Yeah, so we didn't see this outrage. Yeah, we did not see this kind of movement against the refugees being brought here against Obamacare. Nope. Yeah, we did see, nope. you know, Cruz hat tip to him that he did go down on the floor and, you know, do his filibuster. But he was busted by many who said that that was all theater to set people up to think that he was somebody against the establishment when he knew that it wasn't going to go anywhere. And that's one reason why people were uh, within the party were upset at him. But at this never Trump crowd. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there because I did a whole show a while back about Hillary. I have been trying to get people to refocus. There has been nobody, Megan, who's been more preaching and more putting forth and trying to put forth a conservative, constitutional conservative message and be persuasive about that. There's been nobody who's been doing that more than me over the last five years since I've I've been doing my show. So, you know, but, but if I have, but if I did not give a full throated endorsement to Cruz, I actually had somebody accuse me of, of, 
probably voting for Obama in the last two elections. And there's there's been such an emotional um, thing about purity going on there. Yes. And there's nobody who's pure. And I've been trying to get, but then if I, if, so I recently did a whole show saying, redirect your focus, people. Look at Hillary. I went through all of the scandals, all of the corruption around her from Benghazi. I went into detail about that to the email scandals to the Clinton Foundation. I've done whole shows on the Clinton Foundation. And, and I'm with Craig Sewing, who said today, if you're going to dig in your heels and have a temp- temper tantrum, you never trump people and sit at home. You are making a conscious choice. You are saying that you want you want to bring you are actively supporting Hillary Clinton and bringing you're saying and working to bring her and her corruption into D.C. How is that constitutional conservatism? Well, exactly. You know, he's exactly right. And, and here it is. And most of the never Trump crowd is assuming that he's going to do all of these vast liberal uh, things, undermining the conservative movement or the conservatism within the, the uh, Reagan party of Reagan. Well, I'll, con- I'll say to you that the GOP party itself undermined the spirit of Reagan because they acted and voted like Democrats. However, the never Trump crowd their 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 purity checklist um i actually probably would check all of those boxes that they want someone to have but i'm a trump supporter and i've been a trump supporter since really michelle the michelle fields incident i was leaning more towards him especially after glenn beck came out and started doing some crazy antics uh, on behalf of Ted Cruz. Um, I wasn't going to fast. I actually love to eat. Um, I I didn't believe that uh, uh, Ted Cruz was the second coming of Christ. Um, I didn't think he was a prophet. Um, So there there was just all of this noise around Ted Cruz that was really off-putting to me. And I saw that the right people were lining up against uh, Trump. And by the right people, I mean the folks that have stabbed many of us conservatives in the back. I'm Reagan, baby. Right. The reason I started my blog was to stop the Clintons from entering the White House. Mm-hmm. That was my primary focus, because there are not more, there are there are no more two two of more corrupt criminal people. Uh, the scourge of the earth are the Clintons. Right. They don't deserve to walk back into our house. Now, those saying that Trump's going to undermine and start acting like a liberal, well, you know what? I would honestly rather take a chance with a capitalist than, and then sit out and allow a socialist, a criminal socialist who is Hillary Clinton, walk again into our White House. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting you should talk about um, the, the party, and they're the ones that have acted like liberals. Tonight, Charles Krauthammer was saying that what's happening is, is that the party is rapidly changing its ideology from conservative, and I thought, what are you talking about? When was the last time this Republican Party acted like they were conservative? I started when saying, was the last, yeah, when was the last time this party was the party of Reagan? That was the party of Reagan. That was when Reagan was in the White House. Yeah, because actually George Bush and I've gotten a lot. I'm an equal opportunity criticizer. See, I criticize everybody. And I'm one of the people who said George W. Bush 
uh, campaign like a conservative and governed like a liberal. It's been decades since we had a Republican Party that actually practiced what it's pre- what it's preaching, Krauthammer. And um, it, it, I was actually saying after 2012, when we lost so abysmally, I said, you know what? And, and I had Ron Nearing on my show, who's Cruz's spokes. I said, Ron, what we need to do is we need to do what the Dems do. We need to reaffirm our platform, one that is solidly conservative. We need to be pushing that all day and, con- and pushing those conservative principles all day, every day, all over the media. Everybody's in office. And and then put forth a nominee that represents those ideals and somebody who's lived it. Instead, we have no we have no cohesion. There is no conservative platform because there's no conservative party. Romney couldn't sell it because he doesn't believe in it. We're all over the place. So, you know what? And, and, and he even said to me at the time that he didn't agree with that and that, you know, that there was, and I talked about the issue with the media. What, what party are they, what is he speaking for? Is he not living in the same universe that I'm living in and that you're living in? Did he not see tr- Omnibus? Did he not know that the Republicans funded $1.1 trillion, basically allowed Obamacare to flourish, didn't put up a fight, didn't redo the VA, didn't build a wall that was promised to Reagan, didn't defund Obama's executive amnesty order? They've done nothing. Zero. Right. To stop the socialist agenda. Right. Well, he's part of... uh um, Nearing is part of that rove and that whole Bushism crowd, the whole compassionate conservative crowd, which is really just uh, the very definition of Republican in name only. Under Bush is what we got such a large expansion of government. So I, you know, and we we had the greedy geezer bill and we had the TSA and, and we had, uh, you know, tr- trillions of dollars spent over in Rock to do nation building. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking at Krauthammer and I'm going, you know, I, I, I'm kind of with you and saying I've had so many people tell me, you know what? I, I will take my... Ch- if if Trump only does one thing, which is seal the border, if he got only that yep. accomplished, it's more than what the Republican Party has gotten accomplished in the, in the last you know ten years or more. When Reagan passed amnesty, he was promised by I think it was then Tip O'Neill and and whomever that they would build a wall. Is there a wall built? No. That was in 1980, 1984. So last- when Trump came out on the dais and, and mm-hmm. announced, it was brilliant. That he wanted to build a wall, a big, beautiful wall with a big, beautiful door. Mm-hmm. That was the shot heard round the world. Mm-hmm. That is what most Republicans, conservatives, and even Democrats, and yes, even Hispanics, want a wall built because the Hispanics that are coming here that are good, hardworking, decent people mm-hmm. do not want to live in dangerous sanctuary cities. Right. No, they I don't mean, want the drugs coming from Mexico. Right. They, they're escaping the drug lords. Right. From Mexico. Yeah. They're we escaping the corruption and crime. Mm-hmm. In fact, we had a, a Mexican illegal. Yeah. I'm sure you saw the Trump rally where where all the victims families from from the illegals came out there. And if that didn't tear your heart out, nothing will. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to let you go before I do 20 seconds. Who do you think he's going to pick as his running mate? I really hope he picks Rubio, little Marco. And the reason I say that is because Hillary Clinton will pick uh, Julian Castro or Julian Castro's brother. And that is an open border team right there that this country cannot afford. Awesome. Well, you heard it here. Megan Barth, Reagan baby. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Andrea. All right. We're going to take a real quick break and we come back. It's none other than Dr. Gina Loudon. She's going to be here first time on the Andrea K. Show. I cannot wait to get her perspective and see what she has to say about all of this, including the low down and the who's your hoe down that went down in Indiana. Don't change that dial. It's the Andrea K. Show coming right up.
Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen & Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen & Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657333. Miramar Kitchen & Bath. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. I am super excited about my next guest here, Dr. Doctor. Give me the news. It's Dr. Gina, first time on the Andrea K Show. Hey, baby. Hey. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I have waited for this moment for so long to be on your show. What a huge honor, Andrea. Oh, thanks for being here. I thought you were going to say you've been waiting for this moment for so long for Cruz to drop out. Oh, yes. <laughs> 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 There's that, yes. <laughs> Were you surprised tonight that he did? Because I got to tell you, I was a little surprised because nobody's got 1,237 delegates yet. He's been playing that delegate ground game really well. I thought he was going to, you know, be in it to win it. I, you know, I, I, not surprised, honestly. I, I think that I just, there was no way. I mean, it's so obvious he was declining so quickly. And if you're going to, in politics, the number one, you know, currency is leverage, as you know. And he was just running out so quickly to the point where he was going to be discredited, I feel like, if he didn't go ahead and get out. And so I think he did the right thing at the right time. And uh, I knew the moment that they walked out on the stage, it was just kind of playing in the background. And I was show prepping probably like you were. And I saw Heidi Cruz's face. Yeah. And as a political wife, I knew. Yeah. And I went running all around my house. I'm like, oh, my gosh, everybody, Cruz is going to drop out. And, <laughs> and, and everybody's like, no, he's not going to drop out. But I knew the moment I saw her face yeah. that, that he was definitely dropping out. Yeah, there was there was pain all over her face. Um, I was talking to Megan Barth earlier because Krauthammer was saying that tonight was was that what was happening was that uh, the party was radically changing its ideology from conservatism. And I disagree because when was the last time that this party, you know, behaved like a conservative? And in fact, they're part of the reason why we're in this mess. And part of the reason why I'm not even sure at this point that we can even have a hardcore conservative, even win in a general election. I, so my question for you is this, you are well known as a really, um, Hardcore conservative like me and those of us who are true conservatives, at least according to most definitions, we've been asking for a real hardcore conservative for a while. We've been saying, hey, McCain was squishy. We can't run any more of these squishy moderates to win. We've got to have somebody like Reagan said, you know, bright colors, you know, clear option. 
Cruz is that guy. At least he should have been. Why do you think he didn't just immediately jump out and just take this from the beginning? You know, I think he made some bad choices early on in terms of staffing, in terms of conceding to some establishment demands, thinking that the establishment would keep their word. I watched this happen again and again, Andrea. I watched true bona fide conservatives, for example, make deals with the unions or thinking that the unions were going to give them money or make deals with, you know, other sort of bad players and and things. And, and, and And I was always so frustrated because I always knew that whoever tried to make the deal with the conservative would ruin the conservative, leave him losing, and not keep up their end of the deal. And I think that's exactly what ended up happening to Ted Cruz. Early on, he uh, he took on some people and, and did some things that I just didn't didn't smack to me of what a principled conservative would do. And I began to question my confidence in him. And I was a very early supporter of Ted Cruz's. Yeah, and, I was um, too. I, but yeah. I've been mostly an anti-Hillary person from the beginning. I actually was saying very early on, I'm one of these, you know, um, I don't trust anybody. I'm an equal opportunity criticizer. Early on, I actually said I, there's aspects of everybody has flaws. Everybody has strengths. I like, I, I think that Trump and Cruz could pair well together. And I, so I was actually calling for a Trump Cruz ticket very early on. And I really didn't care who was at the top or who was at the bottom. Do you think that's right. a possibility? now? You know, I think anything is possible because all is fair in love, war, and politics, as you know, and nothing makes stranger bedfellows than politics. And so I, I think it could happen, but I don't think it will. It's not my prediction anyway. And, and even the Supreme Court uh, thing isn't necessarily my prediction. Everybody's got to kind of take a st- step back and a deep breath and I think reevaluate mm-hmm. in a few days. And I think then we'll feel like we, we know a little more. But I totally agree with you that, you know, this is about the anti-establishment conservatives taking their party back. And I think even if they don't love every single thing about Donald Trump, most of his views are relatively conservative. Most of them are in line, for example, with Reagan. Some of them are more conservative than Reagan. And we certainly thought Reagan was a conservative. No one ever questioned his credentials. So I think this came down to a lot of division and rhetoric that was completely unnecessary that will be lost as we begin to draw into the possibility of a Hillary presidency and we take a real look at what that would be like. Yeah, it has gotten unbelievably nasty. One of the things that I felt tonight when I saw him um, concede, well, not really concede, when I saw him suspend his campaign was a little bit of relief because it has gotten unbelievably nasty. Although we will need somebody going into the general election who is prepared to give some nasty because if people think, you know, that it got nasty between us, the Dems, there is no level of dirt in which they will not crawl around. All right. right. But speaking of playing dirty, there's some speculation now because we've got the Bill Crystals in the party and the George Wills who are saying, you know what? We just talk about a never Trump crowd. They are like the biggest never Trump people. And they're actually still talking third party. Have you heard any uh, whispers of that being a real movement or is that just uh, um, bad talking right now because they're upset? Well, they shouldn't be talking about a third party. That's utterly ridiculous. What they should be talking about, if they're going to talk about third parties, is the possibility of Bernie Sanders going independent and pulling votes from Hillary, because that's the only effect that a third party will have at this juncture. Look, the voters have spoken, and the media elite, who are all connected uh, with their highbrow parties and events, may not like it, but it is what it is, and they need to accept it, just like you and I, Andrea, in the last several elections have 
accepted their Mitt Romney or their John McCain or their Bob Dole, had it shoved down our throat, and we still stood up like men instead of big babies, dusted ourselves off and said, we live to fight another day. Oh, and absolutely. We did live to fight another day. Yeah. 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 Stop with the temper tantrums. I didn't just hold my nose, Gina. I mean, I was one of these precinct people that went around knocking on doors and get out the vote and stood at the polls all day long and went and picked people up and drove them around, out there to, to, to make sure they voted. I mean, I busted my hump for people yeah. like Romney and people like McCain. And, you, you know, so, so, you know, deal with it. You know, it's like, I think it was Newt Gingrich who said to the establishment, establishment the other day, get over it. Then I get a little text from somebody who says, hey, wait a second. The reason why he has not, and this is, you know, I, I don't know if this is like crazy talk, but the reason why he did not ask people to really rally behind Trump is there's some hidden rule that may be played at the convention in which bound delegates can actually sit out on the first round and that since Cruz won eight states, they're predicting that there's going to be a convention play. I don't see that happening. I think Cruz is going to try to protect his brand going forward. I don't think Cruz is going to try to do anything at the convention. No, and I think at this point, Donald Trump has himself surrounded with enough experts. He's going to have the momentum is just going to pick up now. He's going to start getting endorsements every single day. He's going to I mean, it is it, just going to be a different game by the time we get to Cleveland this year. And I really don't see uh, any shenanigans. However, let me just say I put absolutely nothing past the establishment. I don't think they'll get away with it. If they do it, I think it would leave the party in disarray. Uh, but I, I would not put anything past the party. Um, whether or not a Ted Cruz kind of a candidate would go along with something like this at this point, I, I think it would render him purely inviable for anything that ever required votes again. So I just don't think he's going to go along with that. And in fact, I think that Donald Trump will be reaching out probably to the other 16 candidates that have been in the race and uh, trying to find a place for all of them. And if Ted Cruz won't accept that, he's going to find himself in such a vast majority minority that it would be embarrassing for him to even think of teaming up with the few straggling, can't get it, establishment types that will not be successful in something like that. Pivoting into the general election, some people are saying that they expect that it's not going to be my my ticket of Trump Cruz, that it's going to likely be Trump Rubio. Uh, so people are saying, oh, you know, calm down, you people. Trump's going to pivot. He's not going to be this crazy, bombastic, you know, hit guy hitting people hard. He's going to change his style. And I'm saying, wait a second. He better not change his style because, you know, like I said before, we're going up against the Clinton machine likely. And the only way to beat them is to get down dirty and roll around. But then there's other people, strategists who say, well, you he can't do that because he's already been labeled a misogynist. What do you think the strategy should be going in? We, let's say we, we unite as a party. We're saying never Hillary. What should Trump's play be? What should his strategy be going into the general? Can he beat Hillary and how? I think he beats Hillary by being Donald Trump. Um, I would like to see him. You know, I, I've already seen him more cordial to people who've treated him poorly, perhaps in the primary. But at this point, you become a team. He needs to lead that charge and being a team with everyone, and I, and I think that he's already taken a step in the right direction on that. But in terms of Hillary, if they try to change, this is the beautiful thing, Andrea, and you know this, but as, as a political wife, you know, someone who watched my husband win elections and lose elections and play against the establishment and, and be shocked at how much the establishment could do, even on a local level, the links they'll go to, the tone deafness, so on. So this is what I think will be so fascinating. Hillary can't hire a D.C. consultant that knows how to run a campaign against Donald Trump. Nobody knows how to run a campaign against Donald Trump. That's why he won. Because, see, they have a roadmap. They have a way you play the game. 
but he doesn't play that way. Mm-hmm. I really don't think that uh, that Donald Trump is going to have any problem absolutely eating her lunch. And it wouldn't even surprise me if he gets off on the right foot. She starts to go down so miserably once all the guns aren't turned on him uh, that uh, that maybe there is an indictment that comes along and she disappears and they put somebody else in there because they have to because their nominee is uh, going to go uh, jump in a yellow jumpsuit I, I, or orange jumpsuit. I don't know. I'm just saying I, it wouldn't surprise me if she doesn't get she is so establishment that she has no idea what to do with the Donald Trump. And that's why she didn't want him to run. That's well, why she didn't want him to be the nominee. Well, I'm kind of hoping that any indictments for her come down after after this general election is over, because I kind of think she's going to be a little bit easier to beat than if they pull out Biden or somebody else. So, I do. Yeah, although they might end up with a brokered convention because we haven't talked about the Democrats. Bernie actually won in Indiana tonight. Gina, has, has the Republican Party not, I think we've taken our eye off the ball way too much in terms of what we face. 67% of Democrat voters coming out of Indiana tonight actually say that Bernie Sanders' socialist policies are realistic. And the Republican Party's been spending all this time fighting with each other and not continuing to drill home the benefits of free market capitalism. Yeah, but you know, I talked to a Bernie supporter just tonight on my show, America Trends, that you do such a great job guest hosting for me when I'm not in. Okay. And, uh, and I talked to a Bernie supporter tonight, and he said, if Bernie's out, I'm with, I'm with Donald Trump. Now, this is a, an attorney. And, and, and I talk to people like that every day. The establishment has made such fools of themselves for so long. You can be anything but establishment, and I think you're going to garner votes. And I think if Bernie drops out, they're going to be very surprised. I think the only reason Bernie hasn't dropped out is because they don't know what to do with his voters. And so I think our message as conservatives and my messages will be when I do my box hits and my own show and your show and whatever will be, uh, Bernie, you owe it to your supporters to run as an independent. Mm. He does. He won't. But that needs to be our message going forward, because 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 if he were if he were really, really in it, not to drive the party to the left, but if he were really in it to start a movement like he claims to have been, then he needs to be directing his people to run, uh, you know, that he's going to run as an independent and they need to back him. Because otherwise, so many of them are going to go to Donald Trump that he should just do that. But the, 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 the way their back is up against the wall right now is the way that only Donald Trump could put it up against the wall. And that mm. is Bernie can't win either way. Bernie doesn't win either way. Either, and Hillary doesn't win either way either. So it's, it's really a beautiful place to be as you start to look forward. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on my show tonight, Dr. Gina. Hey, you can catch Dr. Gina every night on America Trends TV at YouTube America. Follow her on Twitter and on Facebook and everywhere. Gina, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. My pleasure. What a great day to be on Andrew K. Show. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks sweetheart. Have a good night. All right. Now we're going to take a a quick break and we come back. I got to shift gears because there's, you know, uh, there's only so much that I can keep talking about Trump and Cruz. Y'all know that I've been just really wore out on the whole infighting. You also know that I've been saying for so long that, first of all, it it came as a shock to me over the weekend that, that somebody accused me of not, you know, being a real conservative, somebody telling me that I needed to pivot uh, and be pushing more for conservative ideas like that's not what I've been doing for five years on my show this is what I do and at the heart of conservative if you look at the exit polls tonight they're no different tonight than they've been everywhere else top issues are the economy and jobs and terrorism what I find interesting is 
And what I really hope that people will, one of the takeaways for me in this is not just the obvious that once again, we've got 60 something percent of the exit polls indicating that they want an outsider. And it's interesting that Cruz was never able to really make uh, Trump as the insider stick. And I think it's because most people say, you know, intuitively giving money to to campaigns doesn't make you an insider because maybe he gave more money to campaigns than other people did. But we've all given money to campaigns at times. Well, I don't need more, but I did back in the day. Anyway, um, the border immigration was not the number one issue and has not been for a few states yet Trump is still winning and one of the reasons one of the reasons why is on economic issues it's the economy and it's terrorism and so what is at the heart of the economy the Americans know that 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 Hillary and the left are crazy when they say that the government creates jobs it's not the government that creates jobs it's small business it's the business people out here it's the people that take a risk and these are the people that are struggling so much right now with regulations. I was listening to an interview with a guy tonight on the way in who was talking about how he owns a pet store and he was talking about how his electricity bills have tripled because of all the regulations from the EPA out here in California. These are real world issues. And the American people are saying, you know what? I think really when Andrea Tanteros on my show last night talked about Cruz being a lawyer, I really think that that's one of the one of the things that he had going against him. I think the American people are saying they don't want just an outsider. They want a businessman. And one of the reasons why is that there are millions and millions and millions of small business owners out there voting and millions and millions and millions of employees of small business owners out there, the blue collar people that are working for small business that see the writing on the wall that we better do something different to bring jobs back. And so I'm bringing back and brought back the business segment to the Andrea K show. So in fact, I'm doing a little round table tonight. A little close up on San Diego business. We're talking taxes. We're tonight. We're going to be talking um, some scams going on involving the real estate industry. There was also a lawsuit that absolutely drove me crazy. One of the issues that has not been talked about in this campaign that I'm really hoping once we get back to issues we can talk about the litigious society we have, the lawsuits going on against businesses. It's another area that's killing them. So we're going to take a break. We come back. I got to get off this election stuff. I got to get into a little bit of business. It's close up on San Diego business coming to the Andrea K show. So don't change that dial. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K spelled K-A-Y-E. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today 877-749-3533. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. I'm super excited about this because this is, for those of you who've been following my show and have been following my broadcast, my radio time for years now, you know that I have two loves, politics and business, and that I was just thrilled to be able to co-host and produce a couple of uh, business shows, Biz Talk, and then Close Up on San Diego Business. And so I'm kind of bringing to you all today a little Close Up on San Diego Business segment. I've got three amazing business leaders from San Diego here with me talking about hot topics. They are experts in these fields. So super excited. I got to start with our man, though. Listeners of the Andrea K. Show and Close Up on San Diego Business, they know him. It's Al Arias from A.V. Arias & Company, the Spicoli of Taxes. <laughs> it's hey, so much fun to be with you. Isn't it? Yeah. Somebody, one of your Facebook fans said last week that I should order a pizza next time you're in. They thought that would be funny. Um, you do manage to make taxes kind of hip and cool and interesting. And so, of course, when Prince died, I thought of you. And you might be like, well, why would Andrea think of uh, think of Al Arias when Prince died? Well, because he died without a will, supposedly. And he might be thinking that because he was worth $500 million, that it's like it's going to automatically go to his family, so what's the big deal? But they are so jacked up right now, Al. An administrator has had to be assigned to the case. The sister had to go in and file probate papers. I don't know what her financial situation is, but that's expensive to have to go into probate. When everybody's grieving, now on top of it, they got to deal with estate taxes, which I thought were gone, by the way. You deal with high net worth clients. I'm not sure how many of them are on the level of a prince, but you still deal with high net worth clients. How do you work with them to make sure that they don't jack up their families like this and put them in this really difficult tax situation? Well, it's pretty easy for me because uh, people come to me because I'm known as a strategist and they want to deal with their issues. So I'm not selling anything. It's uh, just a part of the process. Mm -hmm. But um, somebody like Prince... Uh, had to be surrounded by many advisors. Uh, I think he just didn't pay attention. Uh, he's not interested, doesn't care, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the fallacy is that you die without a will. The state has a will for you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So the the uh, your holdings go by statute and regulations. So every state, like, has already been suggested the the states are different and uh, I think that he was a resident of Minnesota mm-hmm. but somebody like Prince has property everywhere oh yeah so there's going to be numerous uh, estates uh, estate undertakings state by state wherever right. all of his stuff is and uh, not only that but it could be international a person like Prince Right. May have had international properties and the like, and might have had money all around the world too, in different in different uh, yeah, areas. Yeah, I don't know that he was all that rich. Uh, it's five hundred million dollars. Well, I saw three hundred million, five hundred million. That ain't rich to you, you know, baby. How many billions? How much you making in the tax world of three hundred <laughs> mills ain't a lot of money to you. Well, I mean, we're talking about the rich. Yeah. So if somebody's running for president. He says he's only worth ten billion dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, money is money. Yeah. It's how you keep score. So, the situation with estate tax, because people who have been listening to my show know that I am just absolutely appalled that we even have, we've even had this at all. Uh, the idea, 
this is money that somebody has already been taxed on because they've they've been taxed probably a multiple different ways by the time they die, right? They pay income tax on it and they pay capital gains tax on it, depending on how they've invested the money, right? So now we got the government coming in after the fact that somebody's died and says, oh, that's my money? Well, you, you, you had one good one. What? When you die, there's no capital gain tax. <laughs> just, oh, congratulations! Just the estate tax. <laughs> and and my understanding is is that the families have to come up with that money first. You know, the left has started with the estate ta- tax years ago and didn't realize that it was hurting the heartland of America because there were family farms that were having to sell the farm to pay the estate tax. Because you got to come up with that money right away, don't you? If you're the, if you're uh, no, if you're, you, can, you can pay in installments. The, the, uh-huh. All of these rules are, uh, all these situations are very complex, and it's possible to get installment payment of your estate taxes. I mean, all of these kinds of things have, you need professional assistance, right? And there, e- even in a disastrous situation like uh, it seems that Prince has left, uh, there's still a lot that mm-hmm. can be achieved. And you need some really smart people to be working on it. Yeah, because like the next day or the next few days, I think 600,000 album sales. The movie Purple Rain is playing everywhere. So it's it's going to be kind of like Elvis, I think, and it, when you look at his revenue is actually going to skyrocket. He's probably going to make more money post-mortem than he did even in his career. So that it's family... It's a huge estate problem. Huge. Because what's the value of all of that uh, artistry that he left uh, in archives, and it's going to be leaking out over a long period of time. Um, it's it's a significant valuation issue. Yeah, and so he evidently ignored advisors like yourself, who you're a part of a team that works with high net individuals to come up with strategies that, right? I mean, you work with attorneys. Oh, I had a really interesting one, for example, uh, a very famous uh, museum level artist um, had some pretty good advisors and amongst the things that he did was to create an entity uh, owned by his children Mm. where uh, they would uh, do lithographs and things like that Mm -hmm. and he comes in and he signs them the minute that he signs them they go into the stratosphere and value Right. Right. right But that value is not in his estate, belongs ah. to his children. So there's just all kinds of things that you can do yeah. to mitigate the effect. Of the, the, the estate tax is a voluntary tax. Right, so that's somebody, such a good way to put it. Some, somebody like uh, Prince, if, it's, if all the things that we're hearing are true, he just volunteered To give to the state, to give to the government, and not to give to uh, things of his choice. And and in doing so, he volunteered to put his family in a really difficult situation emotionally, financially, mentally, in every way. And it can be avoided. So if you're listening and you're a high net worth individual in San Diego or, you know, get with an expert. Get with Al Al Arias from Aviarius. Thanks for coming in here, Spicoli. (laughs) It's always fun to be here. Voluntarily go to Al. And I was going to go next to a phenomenal expert who deals with these things as well, but he's munching on a donut that I bought for him. It was a delicious donut. I'm so glad you like it. See, this is why I had to have Kalyan Pokola from Pokola Law as a part of the show, because he loves donuts as much as I do. Really? You know, when you said that your two biggest loves were politics and business, 
you were really cheating on number three donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind I, of I'm my... I'm the only fat person here and I can't have any. <laughs> that is just, that's almost as unfair as the estate tax. I know, right? <laughs> Speaking of unfair, I, I wake up this morning, I, I plan to have this great business topic for Kalyan today because last week I hear this Snapchat lawsuit and it's like, debacle. It, debacle made me so crazy angry. I'm like, I immediately fired off to Kalyan. You have to talk about the Snapchat lawsuit when you come in next week because I'm like so angry that businesses are being expected to be liable. You're angry. For the, for, yeah, for the actions of, of you know, a customer. Think about this. This is the crazy. situation that got Snapchat sued. So, Snapchat, everybody, if you haven't used Snapchat, it's like you can send pictures or videos to your friends, but it's like a little, uh, it has video. an expiration date though. Right. It has to, you get to see it pretty quickly, like in a snap. And the difference is Snapchat has all these filters on it, including one that shows for some godforsaken reason, I don't know who came up with this idea, uh, how much, uh, how fast you're going when, uh, you know, or how fast you're moving on your Snapchat app and your phone, I guess, determines how fast you're going. Well, some idiot kid in Ohio, I think. Of was, course, I have family want, in Ohio, by the to, way. She was going All over 100 miles an hour. She was going 113 miles per hour because she wanted to get a snap with over 100 miles per hour. Wow. And she didn't see a guy pulling out, and she hit him head on. <gasps> and this guy has traumatic brain injuries. And, of course, the reason why he's going after uh, he's going after Snapchat isn't because he's, you know, he's just trying to find, you know, trying to be... Um, get rich trying to get rich he has medical bills that obviously this little girl's she liability can't, can't cover right so he's going to have long-term medical care so they're trying to find anybody so i mean it's kind of a shot in the dark to go after snapchat but it I, is I a shot tell, in the dark I, I, I would tell snapchat you know very quietly just get rid of that filter yeah yeah <laughs> going get forward and i mean i think it's stupid to blame snapchat but what was snapchat thinking because look snapchat seems like a perfect uh Vehicle for bad decisions. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. No pun intended. Clearly. And then there's a bad decision involving a vehicle. Yeah, but we we also still, you know, I'm concerned about the fact, I get that the guy has a really incredible medical bills and will for the rest of his life and somebody needs to pay for that but I'm concerned about the the where we're going in as a nation and wanting to hold businesses responsible for other people's individual uh, decisions oh, it's absolutely a big problem yeah because right now if, we're, if snapchat has billions billions mm -hmm. of venture capital uh, dollars that's what that guy's going after but what about the mom and pop app developer they come up with a cool app but there's a way that they, you know, in a way that they completely didn't foresee, someone uses the app and then causes some tr catastrophic injuries to somebody else. Right. In San Diego, we have a lot of high-tech startups here, as well as product uh, manufacturers. We've got a couple of really incredible technology business incubators. We've got Evo Nexus and ComNexus here. And so, I thought of so many San Diego businesses that I brought through close upon San Diego business that could be in a situation like this. And I don't know how you help protect them, Kalyan, prevent, and if there is an even is a way for them to protect themselves against litigious lawsuits that are just trying to get a pound of flesh. Well, I have to preface it by saying there's no way to prevent someone from suing you in life, just as an individual or as a business. If someone wants to sue you, they can sue you. But what I can do is I can help you deal with this by taking care of it on a legal issue, like help them dismiss it, or even better, proactively handle it. If they come in with their app and they came in with this, for example, like a Snapchat, they come in with this speed thing and go, it's in my brain to think of the possibility of how this could be a negative for your company and say, hey, 
you know, even though it's not your fault, just make sure that you put things in your app. And Snapchat did. They're like, don't do this while driving. Well, okay, then why have a speed function? Yeah, but you know. Yeah. So someone's going to use it in my passenger seat. Look how fast I'm going with my grandma. We're going 46 miles per hour in a 65 mile per hour zone. Hi, Snapchat. Yeah. It doesn't uh, work. Yeah, but then again, I, I have to look and, and say that I'm. I, it, they're still not ultimately responsible. I'm just not, like I'm we've not got, saying they are. Right. Just like we've got a movement right now uh, in the left wanting to hold gun man, manufacturers responsible for deaths that occur at handguns. But I get what you're saying. I do think it doesn't. I would never create a, a, an app that created even the possibility of that kind of a dangerous situation. And somebody like yourself can sit down with somebody and, and help. Hey, let's look at what you're doing and let's think about all the possible scenarios that can come to play. Because even if you're not ultimately responsible for somebody's choices, you don't want to create an environment that puts other people or your own company well, absolutely. at risk. So when you sit down with me and you talk about your app, it's my job to think of the bad things that can come up with this app and the good things and say, okay, well, these bad things are there. How do you make sure that they don't use it in this way? And the person thinks about it because they're not thinking about their app having any negative connotations right. or negative possibilities. Right now, I've got about five people in my head that I know of that are developing apps here in San Diego for their companies. Call Call Yon at Pocola Law. Before, I'll be happy to help you. Before you get yourself into trouble. Speaking of getting themselves into trouble and liability, there was a big story that was all over the news last week in San Diego, and I don't even know if it went nationally. We've been hearing for a while that Craigslist, there's been issues going on with Craigslist as, at ads and security issues. What happened here in San Diego last week was somebody fraudulently started using the name of a realty company. And I, I'm, I actually don't even remember all the details to it. So I'm going to bring in Julie Brennan, a, a realtor here in San Diego from the Best Homes team. Refresh my memory on what happened last week because somebody was running fraudulent ads as though it was a property management company to get people to come out. They ran multiple ads for the same property, right? And they were taking at, uh, apps and cashier's checks and stealing identity and committing fraud. Am I right? Is that what happened? Yes, exactly. It was uh, uh, horrible. Um, I, apparently, this is going on a lot more than we all realized. I've had so many clients come up to me just recently, and typically I don't do rentals because I, I do sales, but I'm always willing to help. And it's interesting because I had a client, I said, you know, look, there's only a certain amount of, I can find on the MLS. That's just how the MLS works. There's not a lot of rentals on there. She said, well, I don't want to use Craigslist. I mean, it's just, it's, so, she feels like every, you know, every other ad is a scam. Right. And, you know, I mean, there's some things that you can do to protect yourself. Um, what I'm telling my clients, and you can look, you can, you can contact your title company. You can find out who the owner is of that property and you can do a little bit more of investigation on the property before you decide to rent it. Uh, and other things I've been finding out too is you should never wire any money. If anyone is asking you to wire money, do not do it. Do face-to-face. -face. If you can't meet the person and see the property mm -hmm. and meet the person face-to-face, -face, then, then don't do it. Uh, another thing I can say too is when you're looking at the ads, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is because right. If you know that a typical rental is going to be $1,500 a month and they're offering it for eleven, and they want you to move in like next week and Something's they want up. to meet you and give you, you know, have you wire the money right away, be leery. Really be leery. Yeah. The, be leery of all these. 
you know, I love technology and I love the new ways that people can communicate now. And I love the fact that people can have a greater control over buying and selling different products and services. And there's a lot of new avenues to that. But technology can be just like we were talking about with Call Yon with an app. You got to be wary. You got to bring your own common sense to it and do your own due diligence. Um, you know, the way this story came about was that the property management company got a bad review of on Yelp. And that's what made brought his right. attention to the situation. Yeah, it was a cent realty and... Uh, it was really unfortunate because they're a really good company. Yeah. I mean, they really are. And they got a real, I mean, someone was basically faking everything. Another thing you can do too is you can find out, believe it or not, by looking at the pictures, if they were downloaded by the original source or not. You can, there's a way to right click and check to see if it was, you know, kind of came from a different ad or if it was actually from the source. Mm-hmm. So that's another good thing to do too. But be, be really leery. And the big thing is, is follow your intuition. Right. I mean, if it if it feels shady and, mm-hmm. it, you know, follow your gut. Right. That's and, the best thing to do. And there's a lot of shady realtors out there. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home here in San Diego, call Julie Brennan at Best Homes Team. What phone number? 619-992-7113. Thank mm. you so much. I want to start living. Um, Thanks. You know what? That was so fun for me to do a business segment here because it just, I needed, my mind needed a break from all this campaign stuff. And I have two loves, two loves, which are politics and business, which in many ways are intertwined. And so I'm just really enjoying bringing the business topics. Many of you out there, uh, a lot of the topics that I'm doing with business and incorporating that into the show are based upon topics and suggestions. Give those to me on Facebook and on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, Dandry K Show. Uh, message me on Facebook or comment there with topic uh, and questions. Real estate was a big one. I think it was Drew. Rut, Rut, I think it was Drew who it, it wanted me to start incorporating real estate segments because that's a huge impact on our economy. So I'm going to start bringing more to you there. Go to andreakshow.com. I've got a comment form there. Give me show topic ideas for the business segments. I'm loving that. I'm loving bringing that to the show. Um, interesting that we talked about Yelp because that's where you can find great reviews that are really meaningful and you can find really bad, lots of bad phony uh, reviews. Talking about a phony review. Okay. I started the show by talking about the infighting, this never Trump crowd and how nasty it is, how I was really relieved tonight because I was hoping that we would like have some easing of the tensions and some of this nastiness would cease. And then I see that Mark Levin, who I used to think was one of the most brilliant people on the planet. He still may be in terms of academics and in terms of uh, being a constitutional scholar. But when you're saying crap like this, Mark Levin, that Fox News Channel is a Trump super PAC and they'll be rubbing their own faces in their own feces after the general. Are you kidding me, Mark Levin? You really care? You're really? Cruz, if this is the kind of endorsements you're getting, no wonder you're out of the race. This narrative that's been come about that's been propagated that the media chose Trump. Do I have to remind you all about the very first debate in which Megyn Kelly, on on behalf, I guess, of the National Organization for Women and the Lean In crowd, proceeded to try to paint the entire Republican Party as women haters. In fact, it was splashed all over MSNBC. She went down the line. In fact, she she I blamed her for why my guy Walker, you want women to die? She asked him. It was outrageous. The hit job she did on the entire Republican Party. Cruz has been turning down media day in and day out across all outlets. And oh, by the way, yes, Trump has been dominating the media. And it's high time we had, as a Republican Party, a candidate who knew how to do it. Cruz, 
owned Trump in the delegate game. Trump has owned Cruz in the media game, and it was a huge reason why he lost. And I don't want to hear any whining about that any more than I wanted to hear whining from Trump about the delegate game. In fact, I'm tired of whining and I'm tired of the infighting, but I love you all. And I thank you all for sharing this time with me. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. Friend me on Facebook. I'm here every Monday and Tuesday night at 8 p.m. right here on AM 1170. Thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks. Thank you, Megan Barth, Reagan Baby. Thank you, Dr. Gina. And thank you all so much. Thanks to my guests for Close Upon San Diego Business. Al Arias with AV Arias. Julie Mills Brennan from Best Homes. And Call Young Pokola from Pokola Law. Love you all very much. Have a great night, everybody. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group.